friends, on behalf of the Prior General of the Institute of Christ the King, Monsignor Jolbach, I would like to wish you all a very happy and a blessed Easter, full of many graces and much joy for you and your families. You are invited to join us right here this evening at 6 o'clock p.m. Central Time for solemn Vespers and benediction of the Blessed Sacrament this evening in order to complete our Easter joy on this Sunday of the Resurrection. I ask you please to read the Easter letter which I have sent out for all of you. We in the Institute deeply appreciate all of your prayers and encouraging messages. We thank you very much for the generosity of your support during this time. We're so grateful for your donations which greatly help us to keep going. And we pray for each and every one of your prayer intentions which have been submitted to us. May God bless and reward you for your charity and bring you many graces throughout this whole season of Easter. To begin our Easter reflection today on these words from the sequence, Victime Pascali Laudis, that liturgical poem which was just sung here before the Gospel moments ago. These words date back to early Christian times. Mors et vita duello confixere mirandum. Death and life have contended in a wondrous struggle. The leader of life, though dead, now reigns alive. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Are you struggling right now? Even in the best of times, we all have our struggles. We struggle with time management, human relationships, maybe even job or financial struggles. Our daily struggles are already a lot. And then comes the pandemonium of this pandemic to cause us even more struggles. But in order to understand where we are today, we must first ask ourselves, where did our human struggles originate? And why does God allow us to struggle so much? Easter not only explains the reasons for our struggles, but Easter also gives a purpose to them. But to understand this profound truth, dear friends, first this morning I invite us all to lay aside the eyeglasses with which we read internet news and all those websites. Lay aside those glasses for a moment and pick up binoculars to see further. Or look into a microscope in order to see deeper. We need the penetrating lens of faith. Yes, the lens of faith. Supernatural faith. In order to fully understand the complete reality of why things are the way they are. So through this lens of faith, our look further and deeper starts way back at the beginning. If you were watching the Easter Vigil last night, you noticed that in the first prophecy, God created the world to be good and beautiful. But then Lucifer, that angel of light, said no to God. 
non servia. I will not serve. Lucifer led a rebellion against God, and the first struggle was born. This selfish pride, this abuse of free will, made an angel of lights fall to become the darkest of demons. And this is the ultimate origin. This is the first cause of our every struggle. Because the demonic serpents, he went on to tempt Adam and Eve in the Garden of Paradise. The disobedience of our first parents brought down upon all of us the struggles which plague us today. We struggle with death. We struggle with ignorance, with hard work we need to do at the sweat of our brow for our daily living. But God did not abandon his people, no. But down throughout the ages, God helped the faithful in their struggles. As we read last night at the vigil in the 11 other prophecies, God helped Noah, Abraham, Joshua, Jonah, and others in their struggles throughout the Old Testament. And then in the fullness of time, God sent his divine son, Jesus, to become man, to be born in a stable. Christ took on our human struggles. He carried them on his shoulders. Jesus shared in all the struggles that we have, except for the inner struggle between his reason and human passions. There, in Jesus, there could be no disorder in the passions in his person. But Jesus did experience hunger and thirst and loneliness. He struggled with the death of his friends, the temptations of the devil in the desert, the calumnies of the scribes and the, and the priests who were jealous of him, to the point of accusing him of working with the devil and seducing people. Indeed, the wicked often accuse the just of what their own wicked hearts are guilty of. And on Good Friday, we saw those struggles between Jesus and the leaders come to a climatic head when they had Jesus put to death on the cross of Calvary. In this ultimate phase of the struggle, they did their worst to Jesus. They beat and they blasphemed him. They mocked his kingship. They ridiculed his manhood as they stripped him naked on the cross. And they tempted him to come down from that cross. Hatefully, the wicked tried everything to disprove the claims of Jesus to be God, although they secretly suspected that he truly was God. And that's why they went to Pilate. And they had Pilate put soldiers to guard his tomb. Because those wicked priests and scribes, they remembered Jesus' prediction of his resurrection. And so those jealous and wicked men, they thought that they could prevent his resurrection. They thought they could stop Jesus 
by placing Roman guards and a big heavy stone to seal the entrance of the tomb, they thought they could prevent the resurrection. But dear friends, no amount of human or demonic machinations can ever win the struggle against God. God always wins. Yes, indeed, God always wins. And by his loving death on the cross, Jesus won the victory once and for all. Death and evil have no more power over him. And despite the efforts of the impious to disprove his divinity, on the contrary, the resurrection of our Lord only proves and emphasizes his divinity all the more. Those evil intrigues only give firmer ground to our faith in the almighty power of the Son of God made man. The wounds of the nails and the legs have healed as scars in Jesus' risen body. And those glorified wounds, which are symbolized by the five grains of incense here in the Easter candle, those five Wounds remain in his risen body as glorious signs of his triumph in this struggle against evil. These are the signs that those very things that the wicked did to crush Jesus, in fact, it is by them that he has won his victory for us today. So if Jesus has won the definitive victory in this struggle against evil, well, then why do you and I, why do we have so many struggles today? Why? Remember that the sequence poem, Victime Pascali Laudes, it calls Christ our leader. Dukes, dukes vite mortus regnat vivus. The leader of life who was dead has now come back to life. We call Christ our leader because we are expected to follow him. We must follow him in that same struggle against evil. We must learn to be like our suffering Jesus so that our patience in suffering will bring us closer to Jesus. And our sufferings will deepen our appreciation of what he did for us. We must struggle with our own daily crosses like Jesus did. So that we can be worthy to share in our risen Lord's victory over death. Heaven is such a sublime reward that there can be no shortcuts in our struggles. No shortcuts in our struggles. But like Simon of Cyrene, like Veronica with her veil, our struggles are part of God's providential plan. God's plan to cure us of our selfish pride and to purify us of our sins so that we can rely more upon God who can save us and not upon ourselves. 
If the victory of Christ on the cross cost him every drop of his most precious blood, well then how can we expect to obtain heaven at any less of a price? So the resurrection of Jesus is his definitive victory in the struggle over the evil of sin and death. But this victory will not be fully realized and accomplished throughout all of God's creation until the end of time. Right now, in these moments, God is allowing us to struggle. He's allowing us to struggle as the opportunity to prove our faith and our love for Him. And the struggle of this pandemic today is just such an extraordinary opportunity to struggle for Jesus and to prove our love for Him. While the future of this pandemic pandemonium remains uncertain, one thing does remain certain. Our risen Lord will again have the final victory. And until then, the grace of His resurrection will bring us strength, joy, and peace, no matter what might happen in this world. The grace of what we celebrate today will bring us strength, joy, and peace, which this world can never give us. The present struggle today shakes us out of our complacent lethargy, of our spiritual status quo. We must wake up to the reality that each one of us is called to play a great role. We are all called to play a role in the great struggle of humanity for or against God. There is a cosmic struggle going on right now, a cosmic struggle of colossal proportions. And it is all the more difficult for us, dear friends, because at this moment we are deprived of the Mass and Holy Communion. But rest assured that in this great struggle, God knows who we are up against. He knows our burdens. He knows the pain that we're going through. And so He is still giving us grace upon grace even in our homes, even when we are in isolation, God is offering to us, if we will accept them, God is offering to us extraordinary graces. As long as we have the humility, as long as we put forth the effort to make good use of the spiritual aids which the church is placing now at our disposition, Spiritual communion, the prayers and the readings of the Mass from our Missal, the Holy Rosary, meditation on our Lord's Sacred Heart before His image enthroned on the walls of our home. To win this struggle for heaven, it is up to us now to redouble our spiritual exercises. Yes. It is up to you 
to redouble your spiritual exercises, to pray more and longer each day, because now the spring training of the Easter season is now upon us. If you did not have a good Lent, if your, if your resolutions were weak, well, this Easter season now, now through the beginning of June, now is the time to pray with joy, to pray with more faithful dedication, so that you can taste more fully the joys that Jesus wants to give you in this Easter season. Yes, even while you are at home. Pray more so that you can be victorious with Christ in this great struggle for your soul and for the souls of your family. And the first step of these spiritual exercises begin by reading and rereading the liturgical readings from Scripture in the Mass of every day of this Easter week. I bet you that in each one of these Masses in this coming week, you'll find at least one or more Gospel readings that you never heard of before. And if you carefully read these Gospels every day of the Easter week, you will find the joy, the strength, and the peace your soul needs in these times of struggle. I'm very glad to hear now that some families are praying more at home. They're actually praying more at home now together as a family, even than before, when they were going to church. So here's the Easter challenge, dear friends. We must be prepared to continue such good habits in our homes, even after we will be able to return to church. And one such good habit that I propose to you today, one such powerful spiritual aid, which I urge you to pray this Easter season, is the Regina Chaley, that is, the Queen of Heaven prayer. Tradition tells us that this Regina Chaley devotion was inspired by Pope St. Gregory the Great as he led an outdoor prayer procession through the streets of Rome during a time of pandemic. And during that procession, angels appeared and sang this hymn to Mary, this Regina Chaley hymn, because it was through Mary that the pandemic ceased and the good health was restored to the city of Rome. So, dear friends, will you rise to this Easter challenge? Let us together pray the Regina Chaley prayer morning, noon, and evening, each day of this Easter season. And let us pray with this specific intention, that we may all be able to return to church for Mass and Holy Communion by the end of this Easter season. That is our Easter challenge, to pray the Regina Chaley morning, midday, and evening, every day of this Easter season, for the intention that we can return to church and Holy Communion to attend Mass again, together, before the end of the Easter season. 
So dear friends, let us not be sad. On this Easter, let us not grieve in our struggles, both physical and spiritual, because our love and patience in this struggle today will unite us more deeply with Jesus and will make us more deserving of the heavenly reward that he has promised to us. And despite the pain and the sorrow of our struggles today, we have no reason to fear because the resurrection of Jesus has already triumphed over hell and death. Jesus rises today to be our leader, to show us the way, to guide us, to strengthen us until that glorious day when all of our struggles will finally be over and done. And in that glorious day, our, our own bodies of weakness, these bodies will rise again in perfect health to see our risen Lord face to face and to experience the loving embrace of our Blessed Mother in Heaven. Regina Chaley, Leitare, Amen, Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen.